You're listening to the Death of a Film Bro podcast, hosted by Peyton Shelton and Joseph Henry. Welcome back to the Death of a Film Bro podcast. My name is Peyton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Joe. But this time, we are 20 hours away, and we will be for the next few episodes. Say hello to the people, Joe. Hi, Peyton. Hi, people. We are in Texas. Yes. I am in Texas. I only have one eye right now that works. I had surgery, so we are separated, but we still want to be recording because there's a lot of stuff happening with movies. Um, We are about to, we're we're quickly approaching Golden Globes, quickly approaching Critics' Choice Awards, Um, and then at the end of this month are the Oscar nominations, and then that, like, that's kind of what we're building up towards, so we will definitely be reacting to all three of those uh, to, to those both both of those award shows and the Oscar nomination announcements I'm sure and then that will really determine what we're talking about until March because the from the nom- you know once we know the nominations then it's like all right who's winning and that's going to be the conversation for a little while so I'm really excited uh we're not going to get too much in we're not really going to talk about that today we're going to do a, a January predictions video and we'll react to those later but this is this is the time of year where man movies are really really kicking off um as far as like the awards are going as far as releases are going they're actually kind of slowing down so yeah but it's a new year happy new year joe happy new year Peyton. we are looking back on 2022 now i'm kind of doing a bit of a retrospective looking back at the year um through the lenses of the two of us we're kind of analyzing our letterboxed stats looking at all the movies we watched this year that we rated Going to talk about being some of our, you know, maybe some of our favorite movies we saw this year, some of our least favorite movies we saw this year, and then our next episode is going to be um, kind of looking forward to 2023 and some of our most anticipated releases of the year, and you know, maybe even a little bit of conversation about what of those are potential, you know, Oscar contenders. Looking forward, it's way too early to think about that, but once the Oscars are done this year, that's all anyone's going to be talking about is all right, Oscars for next year. You have anything you want to add? <laughs> Nah. Nope. Okay. Sweet. So <laughs> to to kind of get us rolling and get us uh get us started this year, um Joe and I watched uh Joe watched three hundred and twenty eight films this year. I watched three hundred and fourteen. Um not get all wrecked. of those were new releases. Um and that also does include like rewatches and stuff as well. Um I watched six hundred nine and a half hours of movies this year. Uh, Joe watched 636 hours of movies, so uh, we were honestly really close. We watched probably too many, if I'm being honest. Um, but this oh, year, the, the new goal is 400. Um, my film watching significantly dropped off when I acquired a, a new job, and I'm working full time, so it's a lot harder to watch movies. But I am I'm striving for the goal of 400 this year. So we'll see if I can hit that. I don't think I can, but maybe. Um, so so we each averaged six per week. Joe averaged just a little bit more than me, like 6.3 movies per week. So I guess good job, Joe. I win. Um, I think it's really funny. One of the things on like letterbox stats is it shows you like a breakdown of your movies that you watch this year by like day of the week. Mm -hmm. And like my job, like I consistently would like work on Sundays, Mm -hmm. like especially like throughout like this entire like past fall from like August all the way up until like the first couple weeks of December. So, like, I'm pretty consistent, like, 
where I have like a pretty consistent like spread across like the other six days of the week, and then I watch like sixteen total movies on Sundays, and where like all the other ones are like somewhere in like the like forty to fifty range, kind of just like evenly spread out. Yeah, when I was looking, I was comparing our stats on yours. It was like there was the weekdays were really high, and then there was kind of a drop off on the weekends, and mine. It's the weekdays were lower and there was a huge spike on the weekends. It was totally inverted. Yeah. So you have more movies than me, but you had more days that you were actually able to watch movies during the week. So I, I, I'm pretty proud only being 14 movies behind you. And I really only watch movies on the weekends and sometimes at night. Um, multiple movies a day is something that I wasn't really able to do a lot this year. But multiple movies a day is something I did <laughs> fairly often. A lot. Yeah. Um, some, some interesting other little stats. Um, our most rewatched movie of the year was both. We, we both had the same. Um, you you had a three way tie, but at the top of ours, we we both watched everything ever all at once a lot. I watched it six times this year. You watched it four, um, and then you also watched Top Gun Maverick four times and the Batman four times. So those three movies I expect to be pretty high in your you know ranking this year because all three of those were twenty twenty two releases, and you watched them each four times. That's a lot. Um, I watched everything ever all at once six times, and then I watched About Time four times. About Time was not a release this year, obviously. And then I watched Whiplash three times, and then Pan's Labyrinth and No Country for Old Men two times each. Um, and then you watched La La Land three times, Paddington two three times. Um, you're pretty on brand. Yeah. Those last two are so on brand for me. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, honestly, they are my brand. Your rewatches. Maybe like rewatches is is a really good way to figure out what your favorite movie is because sometimes it can be hard when you're making your own ranking list and you're like figuring out what your personal favorites are like especially with your top five determining that order is so difficult. I always have a really hard time ranking them amongst one another because I like them all a lot and it's kind of like by the day which one's higher than another. But you could look at this and you could be like, man. You watched La La Land three times this year and Paddington 2 three times this year. So those are definitely some of your favorite movies. And like, I mean, La La Land's your number two. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So those are some fun stats to get us in. We watched a lot of movies, so we have a lot of opinions. Um, But I guess we'll be clear that these opinions are our own, as with everything on this podcast. If you liked a movie that we said we didn't like, um, that's totally fine. Uh, Don't get offended. No, it's not. You're wrong. No. Don't Fix get your a, opinion. Stop being a film bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, art is subjective. You're welcome to like movies that we didn't like, and you might dislike movies that we really liked. I think that that's very possible. There's some movies that we have kind of in our top lists that not everyone loved. Um, we actually have some, some decent variation in our top tens between the two of us. We're really similar people. We watch a lot of similar movies, but our top tens are pretty different. Um, We have some shared movies. They're in pretty different order. Um, But I have several movies in my top 10 that you don't like that you don't have at all. Some of them you didn't even see. So um, this is going to be really fun and pretty interesting. So maybe we uh, just kind of maybe I don't know what the best way to tackle this is because I don't want to dwell on all these too long. Um, Maybe we just kind of run through and list out like our top 15 to 20 or whatever. It can just run through them. And then maybe pick out a few that we want to talk about and mention specifically and can maybe briefly discuss it. Um, But I think it's just fun to talk about what our favorite movies were of the year. But 
this doesn't need to be a deep dive on those movies. We, we will definitely pull out some of these movies in the future and do whole episode kind of breakdowns and talking about yeah. them um, in the future. So we don't really need to analyze these movies right now. But I don't know. Maybe you go first, Joe, and kind of talk about what your favorite movies of, that were released this year, um, what some of those were. Yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise to anybody that's perhaps listened to our first few episodes. I mean, you've, we've already mentioned it, but Everything Ever All at Once was just far and away number one for both of us. Spoilers for your ranking, I guess. Um, number two for me, it was kind of a toss-up. I had Top Gun Maverick at that spot for a lot of the year. Um, once I watched Banshees of Anishirin, it jumped up there. Um, I thought that movie was really, really great. Mm-hmm. And it kind of overtook Top Gun Maverick for me. Um, that's still one of my favorites, though. It's at number three. Um, the Batman was my number one for a couple months because it was an earlier release and then once everything everything everywhere all at once came out it took over that spot and the batman's kind of mm-hmm. fallen down the list as the year's gone on i mean that came out in march but um still has remained towards the top um the fablemans in babylon are right up there two movies kind of about filmmaking in a way but also just so very very different movies um I'm actually going to rewatch Babylon tonight, and I'm very excited about that. And I think there might be a little bit of movement there, because the first time was just a lot to process. But mm-hmm. I really loved it on my first viewing, and I mean, all of these movies at the top, I have that. I mean, pretty much every everything in my top ten is either a four and a half or a five. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love all these movies. Um. Nope was just an incredible first watch. I know that you have like some opinions about it on second watch and not holding up as well. I still need to rewatch it at some mm-hmm. point. So there could be some movement there, but I mean just purely based off my first watch of it, just what Jordan Peele did and just all of the technical aspects of it. I mean, those are kind of the, like we've kind of talked about how that's a, like one of the ways I watch movies mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that. Um Number eight is Cha Cha Real Smooth, which I was yeah. in the middle of rewatching and had to pause to record this podcast. Um, love this movie. Um, need to watch more stuff from Cooper Rafe immediately. Yes. Um, yeah. Great, great movie. I'm sure we'll talk about it more with you. Um, the Menu and Vengeance um, round out my top ten. Two kind of smaller movies, Vengeance never really picked up that much steam in terms of like the popular, like in terms of like the public, mm-hmm. like I like not that much attention to it. Um, the menu did get pretty popular, which was cool to see because it's kind of a <clears throat> weirder, kind of more out there movie. But I think some of the star power behind it really carried it to some success at the box office and everything. It also yeah. just got added to HBO Max, which is a lot more people are going to watch it now, which is very mm-hmm. cool. Um, I'm just going to rattle off some more down here. Glass Onion, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, White Noise, three Netflix movies in a row that I all got to see in the movie theater before they landed on Netflix. So, um, Hustle, another one, four Netflix Netflix, movies in a row. That's, yeah, (laughs) that's not intentional, I swear. Um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Whale, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which is (laughs) maybe one of the most surprising movies of this entire year. Absolutely loved it. Um, I'm a lot higher on devotion than a lot of people, but I really enjoyed it. And then don't worry, darling is rounding out my top 20 for the year as of right now. 
Still need to see some stuff. Still want to rewatch some stuff. There's, it's always subject to change and movement, but that's where I'm at at the time of recording this. Yeah, the, these lists are always changing. My top 10 on the year has changed so much. My number 10 was my number four, like maybe two weeks ago. And then I, re- I added some new movies in and I really sat down and thought about it and it all kind of shifted. And some of the ones that I'm going to talk about, I haven't rewatched. I've only seen the one time, but like they resonated with me in such a way that it was just like, I, I had to hold them up high. So I'll, I'll run through mine really quick and maybe we can pull out some that we have similar and briefly talk about them. Obviously everything ever all at once was my number one. Um, it's, I moved it into my top four personal favorite movies of all time. I, I said, I watched this six times this year. But what makes that even more insane is that five of those watches were within the first week of this film's release, all in theaters. Um, it Mad wasn't man. intentional to watch it that many times, but I did, and I loved it every time. It never got old. I would give it seven, eight, ten, fifty billion stars if I could. It is amazing. My number one movie. Number two, you already talked about it, Cha-Cha Real Smooth. I adored Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Um, I want to rewatch it. I don't have Apple TV Plus anymore to rewatch it, but I loved Cha Cha Real Smooth. Number three, I had literally petite. could not, literally could not be me. <laughs> yes, I know it cannot be you. Number three, I have Petite Maman. Um, from I'm gonna absolutely butcher the name Celine Shiama Skiama. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um, it's a French film. Bro, you, um, the director, you're just like Barack Obama. How. This was, did, did you see like the, you know how like Obama releases like his oh, list of yes. like his favorite so- so like songs valid, yeah. and books and movies? Yeah, He yeah. put Petite Maman on there uh-huh. and it's just, it's just That's kind of so funny. valid. No, he's so valid for that though. I, my respect for Obama just went through the roof. Petite Maman is a beautiful film. It's a French film. Um, director, she directed Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is also amazing. Really good. Um, Petite Maman is just like. It's a small film. It's a very quiet sort of film, um, similar kind of to Banshees of Inishirin in the like, in terms of it just being very you know quiet and kind of a little bit slower. Um, but it's it was never boring. Very methodical, um, super sweet. I loved it. Four. I have the menu, which you had down at nine. I watched them. I've seen the menu twice. Watched it both in theaters. Maybe I'll watch it again on HBO Max. I loved the menu. It was really really close to five stars for me um but i have like a few issues with it so it, it's still sitting at four and a half then rounding out my top five i have the banshees of Inisherin, which you know that was your two loved it really great film haven't rewatched it yet but i plan to rewatch it soon now that it's on hbo max yeah. number six i have the fable ones number seven guillermo del toro's pinocchio i'll talk a little bit about guillermo del toro later when we talk about other films we saw this year number eight i have top gun maverick nine vengeance and then 10 athena um, another french film that was a lot higher and i've kind of moved it down i still have it it's like four and a half stars like i really love it but i think these other films resonated with me in a way more than athena did athena is just maybe one of the biggest technical achievements that i've seen this year in film the cinematography is insane it's amazing um it's kind of sad that neither petite maman or athena were nominated or were uh i don't know what the term is when I guess they're nominated by their country for the Oscars, but, you know, selected by their country yeah. to be 
the representative for international feature. Neither of them were for France, which is a bummer because I loved them both. 11, I have After Yang. 12, I have Avatar, The Way of Water. 13, I have The Batman. 14, I have The Whale. And then 15, I have White Noise um, by Noah Baumbach. So a lot of similar movies. Um, I don't know what it makes sense to pull out here. Oh, I guess some honorable mentions that I had below my top 15. I had Bones and All at 16. I had Babylon at 17, which you mentioned you had it a lot higher than me. I still loved it. I give it four stars. I just have other movies that I liked more. And then RRR, I actually had it at 21 on the year, which seems low. But then you have to take into account that I saw 82 2022 releases. So it's pretty, pretty high. You know, being up in the top 25 is still really, really good. So those are some other movies that I really liked a lot this year. Um, out of these movies, I think maybe the one that stands out to me the most is that we both have vengeance in our top 10. And, and like you said, that didn't pick up a whole lot of steam. It got a pretty small theatrical lease. We were able to go see it in theaters. We actually watched it together. Um, it hasn't moved to streaming, even though it came out in theaters like in the summer. Yeah. It received really no, it's received no sort of award um, talk at all in anything. I really thought it might be in the conversation for screenplay. Like, I, I really yeah. thought it, it might get that. I, I never thought it was actually going to, like, it was never going to be a legitimate Oscar contender or anything, but I thought maybe it could it could be in the conversation for screenplay. But it's just, it's not anywhere in the conversation, which is kind of sad for me because I think it was really, really good. Um, I don't remember. Did you give it four and a half stars? Because I, I gave it four and a half stars. I think you did too. I, I, gave, it, I gave it four and a half. Yeah, so. Yeah, I get I gave it four and a half. I mean, it's... It was one of those ones that, like, I was, like, as I, like, sat back and, like, really thought about, like, my last year, and especially because, like, like, it was, it's at my number 10, and, like, I went in, like, Glass Onion and Pinocchio and White Noise are all things that I, like, that are my 11, 12, and 13, like, they're all things that I saw later in the year, mm -hmm. and Glass Onion I've, like, seen twice. I watched it, like, in theaters, and then I watched it on, like, streaming with my parents a couple weeks ago. And they're all things that I'm like, I really, really enjoyed, but I still didn't want to put it over Vengeance. Because I was like, I haven't rewatched Vengeance, and I don't necessarily think about it that often, but like, I remember how good I thought it was mm -hmm. right after watching it. It's, it's a movie that it, it hasn't stuck with me in the same way that some of these other ones do, where I find myself thinking about them, and they made like a really mm -hmm. profound impact on me. Because a lot of these were really impactful films for me. Vengeance wasn't the same. Vengeance was one of those ones that I just I just had a really fun time. Um, yeah, I, it's very similar for me to like Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick didn't like move me really. Like there's some parts that get you in the feels, but it was like a fun movie. And like it's my eight, and Vengeance is my nine. They're like very similar in that regard to me. In that like. I had a fun time watching him in the theater. I would love to watch him again. Um, Vengeance, just the humor landed so well. Um, it's about like West Texas. I lived in West Texas for a little while, and now my family lives not in West Texas, but still in Texas. And there's just so many jokes about Whataburger, and Whataburger is my favorite restaurant in the world. So that like <laughs> re that that resonated with me on a very deep and personal level, but not in a way that like. Petite Maman or Cha Cha Real Smooth or the Banshees of Inisherin or the Fablemans or everything everywhere like really like emotionally resonated with me. 
it was like a spiritual resonation in terms of like my Watford <laughs> Whataburger. But yeah, Vengeance just is like, one of those it, movies. It really just encapsulated like who you are, it, you know? It, well, it, one part of who I am because I'm not Texan, you know? <laughs> I'm not like the people in the movie. I'm not like a, like a West Texas person. I'm not going to try to claim to be and claim that like, oh my goodness, it's literally me. But I, I had you, a great but time. But you, you just get it. I you get, just it. get it. I get it. I had so much fun. And even people who aren't from Texas, have never been to Texas, like they can still have a lot of fun with it. Like you've lived in Florida your whole life and you loved it too. It's just, it's so yeah. great because you're, you're seeing it through the eyes of someone that's not from Texas. So it makes it really relatable. And it's just the humor so funny. Um, if you aren't familiar with the film, it's, it was directed, written, and starring BJ Novak. So, um, it's it's really good. If if you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to see it. I don't know if there any, is anywhere to see it right now. I'm hoping it gets picked up by a streaming service sometime this year. The second it does, I'm going to be rewatching it. This is kind of a off script question from what we had planned for this episode. But you were talking about like enjoying like the movie theater experience of watching Vengeance, and I can definitely relate to that with that movie and a lot of different movies on this list. Is there anything outside of like? Your top 15 maybe something you wouldn't consider one of your like favorites of the year but like you still had like a good time or like an interesting theater experience with it i mean i'm putting I've, you on the spot yeah yeah so that's two different things to me so the most fun that i had in a the theater this year there was a few different times but maybe one of them that's like way off this list maybe not way off this list my number 23 movie on the year spirited the apple tv plus release i saw that in theaters early at the Regal Mystery Movie Monday, and I had so much fun. I had a blast. I I don't know why. It's cheesy. It's a Christmas musical starring Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Like you can expect what you're gonna get. I gave it four stars. Maybe like was that too high? Probably. But was it the most fun that I had in a theater all year? Quite possibly. I saw it with my two little brothers. It was it was so much fun. I had a blast watching Spirited. Um, and then maybe the most interesting movie theater experience I had, and I guess this is going to be a little bit of a tangent. I don't want us to take too long, but I think it's a really funny story and I don't think I've told you yet, but I went and saw Violent Night at the biggest theater we have in town on a really big screen at like, I mean, it was like probably 1030 at night. I went and saw it with a friend and when we booked the tickets, we were the only ones in the whole theater. Like it was just our two seats in the middle of the theater. And we get there, and there's this lady who has the seat right next to the two of us. She, she booked the seat directly next to us to a completely empty theater. And she has her stuff in the seats to the left and to the right of her. So her stuff's in my seat. So my friend and I, we sit further down from her. We're like, oh, that's fine. We'll sit down here. There's literally no one in this theater. Um, and so we start watching the movie, and she's having a blast through the previews. She loves all of them. She's laughing so hard. She thinks they're great. I don't even remember what they were at this point, but she loved them. She was super excited for Violent Night. And we get in, we're watching Violent Night, and gets going, and then John Leguizamo appears on the screen as the villain. You know, he kind of, he walks in, and I exclaim, maybe a little bit too loudly, but honestly, she wasn't that far away from, from me, and I was with Jacob Cornell. Um, and we were watching this, and I, I lean over to Jacob, and I said, or, and I said, hey, it's Sid, you know, like Sid from Ice Age. And the lady, she kind of sits forward and looks over. She goes, no, that's John Leguizamo. 
<laughs> in the middle of the movie. And I die laughing. She was deeply offended that I didn't know who John Leguizamo was. And I was a little bit offended that she had never seen any of the Ice Age movies. So it was like a weird interaction. She was kind of hostile and upset at us. Um, but then it didn't matter because 30 minutes later she fell asleep and missed pretty much the whole movie. Um, snoring so loud the whole time. Slept through the whole thing. And then she woke up at the end and watched all of the credits and left. <laughs> that, That's pretty epic. That, it, was, it was a very bizarre experience. Um, but that was maybe one of the more memorable ones on the year. But as far as like memorable having a good time, I mean, Spirited was a lot of fun. And it's higher up on my list. And it was, you know, pretty... I don't know. Actually, it wasn't that high on yours either. But Avatar The Way of Water, seriously amazing theater experience. Like, I'm not a big fan of 3D. Yeah. But seeing that in 3D... Regal's RPX, so giant screen, really loud. It was like, oh, that that was so it was much pretty, fun. It was pretty. It was it was sick. Do you have any that stand out to you? Because you asked that question, so I'm thinking maybe you had one for yourself. But oh yeah, I asked the question just because I wanted to give an answer. For okay, it. um, <laughs> I have two. Um, the first one is this is both with the same group of friends, basically. Um, shout out Ryan and Kyle, and then some other people that's in one of these stories and not in the other. <laughs> um when i went and watched fall which is oh. one of the dumbest movies i've seen all year yeah that one was I, that's pretty low on my list yeah it's higher on my list just because of how fun it was to watch that in a movie theater with ryan and kyle we did not we were like the only people in there and we did not stop cracking jokes the entire time we were having an absolute blast and then this is like around like the same this has to be within like one or two weeks of each other is we got a group of people together to go watch like a one in the afternoon showing of Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Oh yeah, you did go see that. <laughs> and oh my goodness, what a film. Like it's le it's legitimately it's like it's pushing my top twenty of the year. That's kind of ridiculous to me, but I'm glad that you No, it's it's really so enjoyed it's it. so ridiculous. Oh, it was so funny. They played like this big Nate. Like I have like I had never heard of they played like the craziest short film before the movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I felt like I it was an out of body experience, this short film before. <laughs> and it was just the wildest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was called Bad Hamster. It was a big Nate short film. I don't know if you can watch it anywhere, but oh, I highly recommend it. Just so that way people are subject subjected to the same thing that I had to watch. It was it was nuts. And then I got to watch Michael Sarah Dog get taught martial arts by Samuel L. Jackson Cat. And oh my goodness, what a film. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you watched it, you did you give it five stars? I did for like the bit. Okay. Yeah. I, I was like, you did that, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is about to become I, I this like, man's personality for the next month. And it kind of was. I <laughs> I like became I like I pulled it back to a three and a half, like a sensible person. It's like so nuts when you like you like don't really notice it in the trailer or anything, and you get like 20, 25 minutes into the movie, and you're just like, oh my goodness, this is like all a giant like metaphor for racism. Like that's what the movie is, and it's it's it is something. Okay. It's, I think it's on Amazon right now. I think it's on Prime. I don't think that's a film Wait, that no. I will ever watch. If I'm being totally no, honest. it's not on Am It's it's not on Amazon Prime. It's on Paramount Plus. Okay, that makes sense. That feels I like might, a Paramount Plus kind of movie. I might be rewatching it soon. Well, I, I wish you the best. Um, talking, you know, kind of speaking of, you, you know, you talked about Fall. I talked about Violent Night. 
talk about some movies. Don't that... use this as a segue to your worst movies. You cannot use. I'm not using Hank. Hank. I used as a fall. Segue. I used fall and violent night as the segue. Okay. But maybe you keep Hank. Hank out of your mouth. No, because <laughs> I have fall and violent night at like they're my 69 and 68 movies of the year. So they're <laughs> nice. They're both really low. Um, so it, talking about that, maybe we we briefly. I don't want to dwell too much on the worst movies of the year because I feel like we shouldn't be giving these movies a platform. But it's hard to talk about all the movies we watched this year without acknowledging some of the worst movies we watched this year. Yeah, we, we watched some stinkers. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, I watched 82 releases this year. You watched 75. So we watched a lot of new movies this year. I watched more than you in this regard. So maybe I take the win here, even though you watched more total no. films. I think that's a win. That's seven more movies. That's, that's pretty good. So, um, the worst movie I saw this year was Cheaper by the Dozen, the Disney Plus reboot starring Gabrielle Union and Zach Braff. Oh, it was so bad. It, just, it was awful. Someone who adored the original, or not the original, but the Steve Martin Cheaper by the Dozen, Cheaper by the Dozen 2, um, that also featured you know, the likes of Allison Stoner, Lizzie McGuire, you know, and um, like Taylor Lautner, Shark Boy was in the second one. Like, it's fantastic movies peak cinema just so nostalgic for me um this reboot was everything that i hate about like reboots um it was so bad I'm, i don't even want to talk it was just don't ever watch it um uh, i cannot imagine a scenario where it's worth watching this movie it's not even worth giving it the, the time of day as like a drinking game it's so bad my number two in terms of worst movie of the year my number 81 movie on the year morbius I did not care for Morbius. I get people love to meme about it and say it was great and whatever. I hated Morbius. It's Morbin time. Number three worst movie on the year, Deep Water. Um, we both despised Deep Water. I'll let you talk about Deep Water a little bit in yours because I know you have thoughts. Number four was Wedding Season. I don't even remember what Wedding Season was. It was a movie my mom put on when I was visiting, and it was bad. It was really bad. Um <laughs> The fifth worst movie I saw this year was Where the Crawdads Sing. Um, we neither Preach. of us enjoyed that. That was not good um, to me. To me, you know, if you liked it, you liked it, whatever. Um, number six, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, the fact that that movie made an Oscar shortlist pisses me off to no end. That's so annoying. <laughs> the, the VFX branch is ridiculous in the movies that they shortlisted. We'll talk about that later, but them putting in Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Right? Well, like, I guess, sure, it's got good CGI, but you're saying the VFX in that movie are better than everything everywhere all at once? Crazy. So stupid. Um, seven, Black Adam. Eight, Sea Beast. Uh, people really liked Sea Beast. I didn't, I didn't see the charm. I don't get it. I didn't get it, but some people really loved it. Um, nine, See How They Run. Didn't love it. See How it. They Mid. Didn't love it. And 10, you probably don't love this one because I think you liked it. But The Gray Man, I didn't like The Gray Man. Um, and then some dishonorable mentions. Um, I have Jurassic World was, you know, just outside that bottom 10. Jurassic World Dominion, not good. Uh, Amsterdam, notoriously right now, everybody kind of agrees it was not good. Um, the only reason it wasn't as low as some of these other movies was I felt like it was slightly redeemed by Anya Taylor-Joy's performance. Um, but unfortunately, her performance is at the end of the movie, and most people turned it off after the first 30 minutes. So, it's bad. You're, hey, you're talking about me. And, and Bailey. 
I don't know if you saw. Yeah. Bailey watched it today. I did. I comment. I commented on his review. Yeah. So it's, I know a lot, and a lot of people <laughs> walked out of the theater. A lot of, I wanted to 30 minutes in, I was ready to leave. It was so bad. Um, and then ambulance. I, I didn't care for that either. So <laughs> Dr- drone movie. Yeah. So those are some of my least favorite movies of the year. I'll let you hit, hit yours though as well. Cause I don't want to dwell on these too long, like I said, but I think it's worth mentioning them all. Um, my least favorite movie of the year, like you said, uh, Deep Water, garbage, garbage film, so bad. I don't even want to talk about it. Garbage film. Um, second least favorite movie of the year was the Disney version of Pinocchio. The only redeeming quality about this version of Pinocchio existing is that it led to maybe my favorite review I wrote. I wrote all year for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, DC League of Super Pets garbage i was so frustrated at this stupid kids film it was ridiculous like it it, this should it should have been turn your brain off and have fun but my brain stayed on and was just mad (laughs) yeah you you got more angry at dc league of super pets than i did i didn't love it i have it at 70 out of 82 so you know it's it's just outside of my bottom 10 but i had it higher than you i I tolerated it. You are intolerant towards DC League of Super Pets. <laughs> I hate that movie. Um, number four least favorite movie was Luck. Is the um, what's the name of the production company? I don't even know. It was like an Apple TV Plus original animated mm-hmm. movie. Um, produced by um John Laster, who's a scumbag of an individual, and this just feels like such just cheap trying to be deep trying to be a pixar movie but just sucking at it in every way possible don't waste your time the one of the main characters was a cute cat and i didn't like it and that says a lot mm-hmm. yeah um, if joe then, doesn't then like a movie about a cat it's bad yeah like why would you watch all right so here's the thing save all of your time and instead of watching dc lego super pets or luck just go watch puss in boots the last wish it does everything like all of the little things that these movies try to do because they're like trendy Puss in Boots does it, but it also like has really good animation and is like a really good story and has great voice acting and it does all the little extra things that makes it an actual good movie. And it has Florence Pugh. So we we cannot discount that. I literally didn't know Florence Pugh was in it until I was like sitting down in the theater and I like looked at the letterbox page and I was like, oh my God, Florence Pugh's in this. And I'm like, oh my God, John Mulaney's in this. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm in. And oh my goodness, I ate it up. Oh, they were perfect. They were perfect. Um, at, Then I have Morbius and Moonfall. Moonfall, I hated watching that trailer for like three months and then I got added to HBO Max and on like some random afternoon, I subjected myself to that garbage. Mm-hmm. And Moonfall is interesting. Because it's so bad for like an hour and 20 minutes. And then there's a 15 minutes like portion of it. And I don't even remember exactly what happens. But I just remember that it got so freaking insane. I like <laughs> kind of bought in for a little bit. And I was like, whoa, this movie's going in a whole new direction. Let me give this a chance. And then it immediately just got bad. Got again. bad again. And I was like, damn it, man. That's tough. But like there was like a 15 minutes where I was like, whoa, where's this going? Um. And then there's where the where the crawdads mid, yep, and then and then Amsterdam, which I didn't watch. The only redeeming quality about that was that they killed somebody at the beginning of the movie. That was pretty sick. <laughs> um, Black Adam, that's another one that just pissed me off the entire time I was sitting there watching it. 
Um, I watched Sea Beast after you did, and you called it pretty much a derivative piece of garbage. And then I sat there for an hour and 40 minutes, however the heck long it was, and I'm like, whoa, Peyton was right. Uh, yeah. And then I, I, I have <laughs> I have a singular dishonorable mention, which is Jurassic World Dominion, a movie I was actually looking forward to and was terrible because it was a Jurassic World movie that wasn't about dinosaurs. Yeah. And it, that it just sucked. wasn't fun. It's I feel like it it should be so just easy ma- just to make, make Jurassic World fun. It's people just, just want to see dinosaur dinosaurs movies eat about people. dinosaur. Yeah. That's all we want to see. <laughs> the the second world in the Jurassic World like trilogy wasn't a good movie overall. But where it leaves off is that dinosaurs are just everywhere. Just let dinosaurs, like, just let the third movie just be dinosaurs all over the world just going nuts. Mm-hmm. It would have been so easy. I would have ate it up. Yeah, just it's... But they're like... Like, a movie about like, coexisting here. with dinosaurs would have been really cool. But no. We could not be so but lucky. No. All right, we need to end this on a positive note. Yeah. So, so Joe, let me ask you, because we watched... Obviously, we watched more than just the movies that um, came out this year, that just came out in 2022. Um, We watched a lot of other movies, um, including several new films to us that are not new to anyone else, that maybe we were just late to the party on. Um, So maybe if you want to tell me five, and they don't have to be like necessarily your top five or in any particular order or whatever, but five of your favorite films that you saw this year that were not released in 2022 and you saw them for the first time that were new films to you and you really liked. Yeah, we were planning out this episode and this was like a thing that you brought up and I had like made a letterbox list like about this a yeah, couple I weeks totally ago. Yeah, I totally forgot because, you had made this list. Yeah, like I I've had a lot of I watched a lot of really cool stuff this mm-hmm. year and um part of it is thanks to you we had our little list of movies to show each other and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We were like, "How have you not seen this before? You need to watch this." So that's like two out of the five I'm about to mention. Um the first one is Midsummer, which is like my second favorite a24 movie i've ever seen now um i went and watched that in a little local cinema in jacksonville with a couple friends we made like a trip on it was like a wednesday night that they had like a single night showing of this in like november it was really weird but um we made a trip to sunrise cinema in jacksonville and that was super fun getting to just watch that with and like getting it to watch it for the first time on the big screen in a little local theater with a i mean it was a pretty lively audience like like watching mm-hmm. it it was it was very it wasn't a fun it wasn't fun but it was fun yeah like it's yeah you you get it mm-hmm. um number two is black swan another one that was fun but also not fun <laughs> i think it's um, so much fun I, yeah i watched it and i my review was something along the lines of this is gonna be burned in my like head for the rest of forever but not in like a bad way but like this is a like like monumental piece of cinema type way mm-hmm um, I've had a chance to, I, we had like a movie night later in the year after we watched this, we watched it like over the summer Yeah, and that was when you and I watched it. I was able to watch it for a second time and I mean, it still holds up. It's pretty brilliant. Um, my third one is the Florida project, which was more recent. So maybe a little bit of recency bias there, but also just, um, I had seen one other Sean Baker film before we, it's like, it's, we've seen red rocket that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Florida Project's kind of like his like big breakthrough movie um, that came out in 2017. And I'd never seen it before. Never really had access to it. It's not on like streaming or anything. I looked for it and tried to find it um, over the last couple of years. And then I got home over 
Christmas break and my dad was like, oh, we have Showtime, by the way. And it has like a bunch of A24 films on there. So this was like the first A24 film I watched when I had access to it. And I wrote, if you follow me on Letterboxd, you saw my whole little like personal like essay rant thing about it. But it was yep. brilliant. It's so good. Follow Henry 24 on Letterboxd to read all these reviews that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, next up is I watched Get Out for the first time. Um, this was kind of inspired by, I think, was this after we had seen Dope? I don't remember. I think this was, I don't, this was, it was either, I don't remember. It was right around the same time. The only thing I know that like, when we watched Get Out, the only thing, I think it was before Nope. I think it was, I think it was before. Um, the only thing I really remember about watching Get Out, like I remember really, really enjoying it, but I remember it was the night after we went and watched Minions, the Rise of Gru in theaters. And we were like trying to figure out what to do that night. And I was like, yo, we should just go like watch Minions again. And you were like, absolutely not. And then it was my night to pick a movie off of your list. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if you're not going to let me watch Minions, we're watching Get Out. And I pick like the most like extreme movie on the list. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was an experience. Very good movie. And then number five is Little Women, the 2019 version, which is a movie that is like now one of like low key, like one of my comfort films. I've seen it twice maybe three times i think i watched it three times this year yeah i watched it during i the first time i watched it was during my film analysis class that i took last spring so towards like the beginning of this year so i watched a lot of really cool stuff during that class and Mm -hmm. little woman was one of them we like did an entire thing where we had to like analyze the screenplay of it because the writing from greta gerwig is absolutely brilliant so and then you you showed it to me so i so i also saw i showed it to you and then i showed it to ryan so i've seen i've seen it three times this year yeah so the five that I picked to talk about, um, they're not actually the top five in terms of my rating. Um, it would be different if I was rating like Tree of Life would be in here and some others that I rated higher than these. I picked out five that I just, I don't know, these were just the five that I really enjoyed getting to see this year and are some of my favorites on the year personally, but maybe not the highest rating. All of them are at four and a half and above, but they're not necessarily my top five. Um, but the number one is like the best new film that I saw this last year was Pan's Labyrinth. Um, like I said, I, w- I watched that twice this last year. Um, it is in my top 20 films of all time. And Pan's Labyrinth really sent me on a Guillermo del Toro kick. And I watched his entire filmography in 2022, except for Hellboy 2 and Blade 2. Um, so I, and I guess I don't think I've seen, I haven't seen Mimic. So like, there's a couple, but I've seen like, Pan's Labyrinth, Shape of Water, Devil's Backbone, Crimson Dawn, like so, or like, like so many of these, or Crimson Peak, so many of these other ones that like I didn't, like I never even knew some of these existed. And it sent me on just a great kick. So Pan's Labyrinth is one of the five I'm talking about, and also Shape of Water. Um, Guillermo del Toro has this year, in 2022, became one of my favorite directors, probably top three director for me. Um, his the man has you in a chokehold. Yeah, it, the, the sto- his like ability to tell stories and like craft like the creatures he crafts and the worlds he builds is so cool and so fun. Um, oh, I loved both of those movies. So those were two of them. Um, an old one. All of your movies were pretty pretty recent, and all of mine were pretty recent except for I included uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest um, from 1975, um, a classic of you know cinema. In the letterbox top 250, the IMDb top 100, it's like you know widely regarded as one of you know a really great film. Um, I, it may have won Best Picture in my mind. 
I think it did, but it might not have. Um, I, I am not confident in that statement that I just made, but for some reason I thought it did. But I'll look it up. You keep talking. Well, I, I have a list where I ranked best picture winners. I'm trying to see if I can find that really easily. Um, cause, oh yeah, yeah, it did. Yes. It's my number two best picture winner in, in my ranking. I have it just below Parasite. So it, it's not as good as Parasite, but man, it's, it's a really great film. Um, it's, you know, it's older. Like at this point, it's nearly, I mean, 75, that's almost 50 years old now. Right. Is that, is that math correct? So that's, yeah, that, that math is mathing. It's like that. It's bizarre to think that it's almost fifty years old, and like, but it holds up so well. It's really good. Um, it, it's in, it's insanely good. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, Burn after reading, Coen Brothers, um, was another movie I saw this year, two thousand eight film. Uh, absolutely hilarious. Had a blast. Um, saw that one twice this year. Um, I actually I thought I saw I've also it three seen times that twice this year, but um, I guess I only saw it twice. So. Amazing. So funny. Um, one of the most unexpected little twists that I just never saw coming, just like this moment. And I'm sure you, you know the moment. I'm not going to spoil it. But there's a moment in the film that just this thing happens. And I'm like, I was totally not expecting it. It was amazing. Um, and then totally different tone from Burn After Reading. My number five would be Room 2015. Um, Brie Larson, you know, won an Oscar for her performance in it. Insane movie, really good. Gave it four and a half stars, um, maybe five on a rewatch potentially. But it's like so good. The performances are super, like powerful. It's a it's a hard film to watch. Um, it's you know out of all these movies we've talked about so far, I think it's probably. I mean, the exclusion of I guess like Midsummer, uh, <laughs> which is a hard watch in a different way. R- Room's kind of a tough watch, yeah. but it it's really good. It's it's a really good piece of storytelling. Um, that has stayed with me since then. And then I, and then I snuck in an honorable mention. I know we had both said five, but this one was a short film, so I didn't think it counted. I didn't want to give it a whole slot. Um, but I saw it was at the very end of the year. It was like on new year's Eve, I saw this and it's rejected, um, short film by, um, Don Hertzfeldt, uh, from the year 2000. It was actually nominated for best animated short film at the Oscars. Um, I watched it at the end of the year and then I actually, I intentionally watched it first thing um, after it hit midnight. So that way it could be my first film that I watched in 2023. Uh, It's five stars. It is one of the most amazing like pieces of like storytelling that I've ever seen. It's only like nine minutes, but it's hilarious. It's amazing. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Like, there's there's no excuse to not go see it. It's called Rejected. It's nine minutes long. Um, it is absolutely hilarious. Um, it's oddly profound in a super weird way. It's oh, it's so good. So that was kind of my my honorable mention. I kind of wanted to sneak that in there, but it's a short film, so I didn't think it counted. But those are some films that just I loved watching this year. Um, and I'm really excited to see new films. I've already watched several films this year. We've only been in 2023 for a few days at the time of recording this and i've already seen like potentially one of my new favorite movies um, i saw the lobster for the first time so that was amazing um so yeah i'm excited to see what movies i really like this year in uh in 2023 i don't know if you have any other closing thoughts before we end this out joe that you want to talk about hmm. 
in terms of closing thoughts, I don't think I have any. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, two two of the movies that I wanted to show you this year ended up on your your little top five there, and then in my I got, five I got I one. You got one of them there, but but also like if I was ranking them by like the number, like my actual rating, Ghost Story would have been in there. And that was another one that you showed me. Really loved a ghost story. Absolutely ate that up. Um, that was a movie that they they were right in that movie and like they're like, man, Peyton Shelton's going to eat this up. Um, they just knew it was going to happen. So I, I knew you were going to like that one. Yeah, it was really good. So that's 2022. Kind of looking back, a lot of great movies. Um, we're going to keep talking about the 2022 movies as we're approaching the Oscars, but we wanted to kind of give a platform to movies that um, are not necessarily Oscar contenders and you know, aren't going to be talked about a lot on this podcast, like Vengeance, one of those movies that we both really loved, but no one's talking about it, and it was really good. And if you get a chance to watch it, I would recommend you go watch it. Uh, but I think that's all we have, have for today. Our next episode, we're going to look forward to 2023. Um, kind of talk about some movies that are coming out this next year. Maybe you didn't know some of them were coming out. can get you excited for this next year of films. We're both excited. Um... Hopefully, we can watch 400 movies this next year. Uh, But for now, we'll just say goodbye. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Death of a Film Bro podcast. You can find myself and Joe on Letterboxd at Peyton J. Shelton and J. Henry 24.